high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. Podcast episode three. Wow, you uh, you threw a little extra sauce there in your intro. Yeah, I thought I'd throw you a curveball and see what you had. Uh, see what you had in your improv well, toolbox. Not only did you like throw a little extra sauce on your name, you changed the tense of our uh, of our little intro there. But I was I was with you. <laughs> I know. I then laughed, and I was like, nah, I might be the only person who ever laughs at that intro bit. <laughs> How's it going? Are you excited for episode three? I Did am. You, have, have you noted it exclusively, extensively? No, I think it's important to let our listeners know that I'm not kidding when I say that I've never watched this before. I have never watched it before, not even in preparation for the episode. Yeah, boy, I, you see, this is, this is going to cause a little issue. I, I just thought of it right now while we were like started to record because we talk over it so much. You're going to miss like half the episode. Well, I mean, you know, I'm giving it as much attention as I, I, I feel like it deserves at this juncture. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I might go back. You, I might go back. Now, you realize the people listening to this are actual fans of the practice like me. It, well, there might be people who are jumping for the first time and we're like, I need, I need a podcast to obsessively listen to along with it. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, again, as we say always at this point, uh, this is where we would normally have filings and subpoenas, where we uh, get read all of our feedback, where we read all of your uh, reviews on Apple Podcast and any other podcasting sites that you might re- read, leave reviews. Uh, I realize that we've only been talking about Apple Podcasts, and I'm a PC guy. Why am I doing that? Uh, but as we are uh, recording the first three episodes, uh, before any of them air... No one's listened to this yet, therefore we have no reviews. However, uh, if you want to reach into the past and send us an email or a donation on PayPal, where would they do that? Out of practice podcast at gmail.com, now and forevermore. We'll see. And uh, they can also actually like reach out to us through uh, our fancy app, right? I believe so. That's anchor.fm slash whatever our thing is. <laughs> wow. I you imagine know, off. it's got to be out of practice podcast, right? So anchor.fm slash out of practice podcast. 
All right, boy, we are off to a terrific start. Speaking of terrific starts, yes, uh, there's a new segment this week. It's called Appeals and Objections. <laughs> we're probably going to get a lot of those. Yeah, I figure we're going to get a lot of shit wrong, so we should probably address those things if we get any angry emails and or mistakes. The first thing I'd like to put onto the appeals section. Oh, we already have one? We do. We haven't even we haven't even posted any of these yet. I know, but I did make my wife endure listening to one of them. Oh. And that's not good for a marriage. Just like you warned me in real time. <laughs> that I shouldn't, oh, I know I shouldn't say ginger. <laughs> no, it wasn't even just ginger. You shortened it to ginge. I did. Look at that ginge, I, which is. I then name checked my sister in law, which <laughs> I, me and my wife said, she was like, you can't say that. I was like, oh, you can say it. It's okay. It's in the, lexi- it's in the contemporary lexicon now. And she said, no way. So there we- are a lot of words in the lexicon you can't say on a podcast. Well, or in, in any context. So anyway, I, I texted my sister-in-law, who is a redhead. She is of red-haired descent. Wait, I, don't, I shouldn't say that either. I really... <laughs> please send any shovels to... She's a person of, of uh, red hair. Yeah. And I said, is that cool? And she said, not really. So it, was, it wasn't a full... It wasn't a full-throated uh, rebuke, but it sure as hell wasn't an, an endorsement. So I'm going to retract. I'm going to apologize to all redheaded listeners. I didn't mean to use the word ginger. I thought it was uh, a turn of phrase that was it was positive. I apologize. Well, okay. Well, look at that. Our first appeal and objection before air. Well done. Thank you for that. And uh, unlike many of our current politicians, I will mm-hmm. apologize. Uh. But just like many of our politicians, I will not resign, and I will not. <laughs> will not res- yes, if you if you are, are not uh, aware of what days, because because who knows? Like somebody might discover this in three years. Yeah, right. And be listening to this. So this is the uh, the time where our all of our good friends uh, in uh, Virginia are melting down. Uh, Ralph Northam, et cetera, et cetera. So similar to the use of the word ginger. Uh, Maybe cool it with a blackface. Um, yeah, who's going to leave it there? <laughs> Maybe like you know, don't don't do that. Like ever. <laughs> you're making an insinuation that I have done it, and I <laughs> I have not, and I will not cop to that. Uh, there is, I have not. No, no. Uh, it, yes. To to be fair, uh, Dex has never done that that I'm aware of. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> mo- let's move forward. Anyway, moving on. Uh, you know what? You know what? Uh, so we're talking today about uh, the practice season one, episode three, entitled "Trial and Error," because you know after part one comes trial and error, mm-hmm. typically. And this was aired on the date of Tuesday, March eighteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, which brings up our favorite segment: This Day in the Basement, where we talk about what we did. In our basements, i.e. watching the show on March 18th, 1997. What were you up to, Dex? Keith, I always go first. I'm going to pitch this one to you because you always have to call an audible after I give mine. So I'm going to let you give your prepared this day in the basement first. 
Oh, oh, so you're throwing like the preparation thing back. I have like five pages of notes for this episode and you haven't <laughs> even watched it. And then you're going to give me shit for not preparing. No, I, you know, I, one of the problems that I found about this day in the basement is there's no record of anything from the 90s. Because mm. today you have Facebook, you have email, you have text messages. So if you ask me what I was doing March 18th, 2007, I could probably like get you a picture from that day. And and so what I'm going to do uh, until there's some sort of a record of things is just talk about things that happened in my life at about that time. Okay. Uh, and so I feel like this is sort of March was sort of sort of prom time, right? Uh, it, yes. Isn't the prom closer to? Yeah, I guess the spring. You're starting to at least ask at this point. You got to get your I, shit together. Yeah, because I I remember it was still cold for mine, but that's you know that's Vermont. Uh, so I so my June this would have been my junior prom that year, and it was actually the only prom I ever went to. I skipped my senior prom because you know no friends. Uh. But I actually took my ex-girlfriend to the prom because she was she was an older woman. She was oh, a senior. Okay. I was a junior. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like she was a like she was a super nice, super nice chick. We played opposite each other uh in shows and uh and so we broke up right before the prom and she was sad because she wasn't gonna go to get to go to her her uh senior prom. So I went platonically to the senior prom with my ex-girlfriend, uh, which was a, it was, it was an awkward evening, but I was so excited because I got to drive my father's fancy ass 93 Saturn SL2. Remember Saturn's like with the plastic yeah, doors? Yeah, plastic, and- yeah. And you could, what we used to do, my buddy John had one and we would, he would drive it and he would slam on the brakes and smack the side of his door to make it sound like he got into an accident to freak us out. Uh, I, I think that was funny in high school. That was like a funny thing to do. Oh man, the things that we thought were funny in high school. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no. So I, uh, I took took her to the prom in my father's Saturn SL2, and let me tell you, my prom night, uh, n- no kissing, no groping, no beer, just went home. Yeah, you know, interestingly, that's how I rolled. I had the same yeah. exact experience. My I, my girlfriend and I broke up, and then I took her to both my junior and senior proms even though we had been broken up and i was dating somebody else so it was like whoa yeah i kept why didn't you take the person you were dating well because i wanted to keep my word which was in retrospect just such a stupid choice like when you were 15 you're like i will always take you to the prom forever well you know (laughs) going forward in life this is this is the truth of i've dated thank god i dated multiple women but whoa dude whoa well what i mean is that in all of the relationships that i've had you know 99 i've dated multiple 9.9 percent of which uh were failed relationships because oh i watched your heart get broken many times but that's the thing i always got dumped so this was like the only time i've ever uh broke up with somebody and i was felt so guilty that I, i i basically sacrificed my two proms to make up for it and like you oh, said they weren't a lot of fun because somebody who's still wanting to be with you and you're just like pity proming them generally doesn't go like oh the pity well. prom yeah yeah no that's uh that's that's tough you know it's honest you realize this has now been like 21 years ago i don't remember which one of us broke up with the other one hmm. and th- this was like my first like real girlfriend girlfriend that's so weird that I don't remember who broke up with who. Yeah, it's also funny when you start to look back at those relationships and you're like, well, they were sort of an exploratory playground, right? 
you learned some things, but also had no idea. Who knows what? Who, you're just kids in high school who are hanging out with, and of opposite sexes, or you know what I mean? It's just yeah. Well, I well I tell you, the playground I explored most was the uh, was the robe room in the back of the band room. Uh oh, where like that where they stored the robes. Thank like God this is explicit, marked explicit. Oh, trust me, nothing explicit happened. You know, like, the, the band room is where all the freaky stuff was happening. Oh, of course. You know? Oh my God, the, mu- the music kids, man. Oh yeah. Well, it, I, I, this is a time for another thing, but like, l- let me tell you where stuff was happening. Drama camp. Yeah, I'm gonna say I missed drama camp. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, I mean, this was like, I would... Well, I was me, so I don't, you know, listeners at this point understand sort of like where I was at in the uh, food chain and uh, attractiveness to ladies at that time. But like drama camp, I saw my first six boobs at the same time. Your first six boobs concurrently? Six boobs. Wow. Yeah. The first time I saw a boob, I saw six. Wow. That's really setting you up for failure down in life. Right? Because you're like, it's never yeah. going to get this good again. No, Clearly. Definitely. But, anyway, I, but what, I'll tell that story some other time. Sure, but I will say that this is a lesson for our listeners who maybe are younger. I don't know why a younger listener would be going back to watch the practice, but <laughs> let's just say that the, there's, like, the, there's like a 14-year-old out there like, oh man, I've got all of the internet, all of TV and movies and video games. I'm going to go back and uh, watch a, uh, a TV program from 1997 and then listen to a podcast by it. By a couple of old dudes reminiscing about high school yeah. in the 90s. Well, well, when Keith and I first spec'd this whole project, we decided that we were going to really try to find a really niche, tiny sliver of the universe and see if we could draw people to that sliver. So, who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. So anyway, I- I'll say that to that 14-year-old listening, go to drama camp. because go Because developing camp. talent can change your life. Keith, he's a friend of mine, but his wife is in a different league than what Keith would deserve would were he not as talented as he is. So, let that be a lesson, folks. Yeah, well, well, uh, cheers to that. Yeah, well, and 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 likewise, both of us are, uh, you know, oh. both of us have a lot of extra time because both of our wives are performing in shows off Broadway right now. Yeah, they're like working professionals, and we are. They're the yeah, as and far to the other side of the scale that that can <laughs> that can go. Um. <laughs> Oh, all right. So, sorry, we've gabbed on for a thousand we have. years I'll now. just say that, speaking yeah, t- of losers in the basement, yeah. I this was the, uh, I had a PlayStation 1, March 97, I believe it was on the 20th, I'm a, about two days early, but Tekken 3 came out. Oh, man, I oh. tore Tekken 3 up. Oh, my God. I, me and my little brother, uh, we used to play Tekken 2. Yep. Um, And I... I think I, I think I might have given him an aneurysm or two with the robot and like the fucking because yeah, yep. it was so unfair and I just did it over and over and over and over again and he just about lost his mind. PlayStation One, this is like we're at the end of that life cycle and we're like on the precipice of when graphics really just kind of blew out of the water and you're like, holy crap, this is happening. So that's the basement. Uh, but what yeah, I really so, want to know is what was happening yeah. in Burlington, Vermont. Oh my God! Let me tell you what was happening in Burlington, Vermont. The in the teeming uh, mecca super city. Our lead story in the Burlington Free Press on March eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven was sugaring is in states' blood. Okay, 
Because March is the time a uh, sugaring season. And if you don't know, that means that's how you make maple syrup. You cut a hole in a tree and then uh, sap comes out, which is the tree's blood. When you boil that sap down and you intensify it, it becomes syrup. It becomes maple syrup. And March is when that happens in Vermont. We do a lot of that there. And my family actually did it. Uh, so I was probably sugaring, but you know, some really big news day pointing out that sugaring is in the state's blood in Vermont. Also a good pun because the sap is the tree's blood. I don't know that that, is that accurate? Is that like biologically accurate? Well, it's the equivalent of blood because it's a tree and not an animal. So if you were listening to the radio back then, Biggie Smalls was tearing it up. Oh, you, <laughs> actually, I think it was a Puff Daddy tune, wasn't it? You did the music video. Hold on. Yes, sir. Hey, look, look, I'm going to cut straight to the single. Okay. Yes. All right. I remember the intro, but... I don't remember really much of the rest of it. This was his debut, right? This was Puffy's first big thing. I I have no idea. I'm from Vermont. It's, let's see me read the thing. The debut hit single by rapper Sean Puffy Combs. Okay. I think that that's, yeah. that's accurate. And then if we were at the movies, Keith, uh, oh, this is what was, I, I, this is what was tearing what it up. What parents do for work. My mom's a teacher. And your dad? He's a liar. <laughs> you mean he's a lawyer. Fletcher Reed was climbing the ladder of success. You're the victim here. Driven into the arms of another man. Seven. Yeah, whatever. So Jim Carrey was still riding his 90s explosion of a career. Yeah, he was still he was still on the way up, cresting. I remember that movie well. I think I might have seen that in the theaters. Uh, I believe I must have because I was a huge Carrie fan. Still am. I mean, I still he's a little nuts, but I think that he's awesome. He's he's a lot nuts, but he's very talented. Um, uh, liar, liar, yeah, ha- liar, liar pulled in thirty one point four million dollars that that Ooh. week, which in nineties money is a lot of money. I mean, that's still a lot of money. It's still, yeah, I mean, I expected, we'll probably pull that in on this episode, but, you know, pretty close. You know, there's a movie theater here in Astoria, Queens, and were you to visit that movie theater in March of 1997, it was a little bit warmer than seasonally averaged at 48 degrees. Um, it did drop to a 37, um, which is a little... You know, li- I, I, I love your commitment... <laughs> to this but no, nobody nobody cares about the weather because yeah but they might uh, want to know that the dew point was 22 <laughs> and the- all right but all right so let's 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 spec this out all right you're marty mcfly <laughs> like i've created a time machine i can go back to any time in the whole wide world and i'm gonna uh, my, my number one plan I'm going to go back to astoria queens mm-hmm. and get myself a ticket to liar liar yes but but before i do that if the dew point isn't that high, I'm not doing it. Well, what if you got there and the dew point was such that it condensated onto your flux it's, capacitor, oh. and then you got stuck there and we'd have a movie. And you couldn't get up to 88 gigawatts. That's right. A famous mispronunciation. So if you can't hear that, that's a horse in the background being beaten to bloody pulp. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And some crickets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> that's uh, that's what I imagine a horse being beaten sounds like. Uh, Great. So, uh, to recap, Keith and I were both still losers. Right, And right. Uh, Jim Carrey was having a, a carry-sense. So... Jim... It, well, no, it wasn't a carry-sense oh, yet. Yeah. Because right. he was still he was, he was still taken off. Still at the beginning, like, post-Living Color, pre, like... This is after of Ace Eternal Ventura. Sunshine. Oh, yeah, after Ace but Ventura. But before he took his dramatic turn. Right, before Eternal Sunshine. Well, wow. also, I would put Truman Show up there, but I think that was before Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, well, Truman Show was sort of like the bridge between like Ace Ventura and Eternal Sunshine because like it was it was still a comedy but had a lot of drama in it. Have you watched that recently? Sorry to get off hand. That movie still holds up. It is great. Oh, it's terrific. Yeah, absolutely. I, terrific. I think it's one of the best things he's ever done, and I think most people think that. Anyway, shall we finally talk about the damn episode? We probably should do that. Okay. Well, episode three, trial and error was written once again in uh, Aaron Sorkinish style by David E. Kelly, creator of the show. And it was directed, director, director, directed, okay. directed <laughs> is such a good director er, by Rick Rosenthal, who uh, did, you'll be interested, seven episodes of Smallville. Oh my goodness. Another one of your favorite shows. One of my, I mean, every episode loved it. See, there it is. And, uh, Going back, his the second directing credit he has is Halloween Two. two. Halloween Two, right? Okay, nineteen eighty one. Which I, I enjoyed that movie. I everyone sort of thinks it's terrible, but you know, it's it's obviously not the first one. But I think of the sequels up until the sort of contemporary ones, I, I think it was the best. I think he worked on Transparent as well. Did he? I think so. You know, one of us could look this up, and I'm looking at it. I, I don't see it. Hmm. He might have been... Oh, I th- he he's working as a producer, actor? yeah. Oh, as a producer. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so he looks like he's primarily directed a whole bunch of uh, TV stuff after Halloween 2 did not launch his... Oh, he directed Bad Boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Oh, yeah, not that. No, this... That's interesting. Oh, I was confusing it with uh, something else. It's no, a, this is a, a Sean Penn oh. film. You were thinking of the Will Smith and Ma- yes, Martin I Lawrence... Was. Buddy was cop? that also called Bad Boys? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yes, I was right. Uh, but the uh, the inflection of surprise was not this film that no one's ever heard of. And they was like, not only has this film never been heard of, it's so unheard of, we're just going to use the title again and no one's even going to notice. Yeah, Sean Penn operates by his own rules. Yeah, although he was just an actor. And then. Anyway, so uh, thanks for your work, Rick Rosenthal. Uh, the synopsis of the show, I realized I forgot to read it for the pilot, but the synopsis of this, oh, you know what? I'm not going to read it because you haven't seen it. Well, let me then give my quick recap of where I am in the universe of the practice so that I can right. bring any of the people listening clean up to speed with me. Oh, great. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Previously in Mike and Deglio's understanding of the practice. So Bobby has this law, law practice. He's got a bunch of uh, people along with him. He's trying to keep things afloat. Uh, all he has is his magical ability to close real hard. Uh, he's disheveled, clearly behind on the rent. He's gone to his friend for a loan. So they're doing some sort of scheme, faking a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, making some, uh, oh my God, I've run out of a vocab word. They're going to- This recap is going very well. <laughs> they've embellished. They're going to, they're going to 
fake an office expansion and get this loan to keep the paying the bills. They are trying to attract better clientele. All they got cooking right now is they've got this pending lawsuit against Big Pharma or Big Big Tobacco, and yeah. uh, we're developing relationships betwixt the lawyers and the DAs. Okay, well that's that's actually not bad. And there's a spare tire in the office. And there's a spare tire. Don't worry. If you get a flat, but you want to pull that flat tire off of your axle, not not the axle, off the rim, and affix a new tire to the rim, then inflate it, Bobby Donald's got you covered. So my question to you, Keith, well, you might know the answer, but I'm going to pitch is, will we get at least one shot of Bobby not wearing shoes in episode three? Ooh, are are we two for two in the first two episodes? We are, yes. We are. Okay, well... Ooh, weird. You think like there's uh, David E. Kelly has like a foot thing, like uh, uh, like what's his nuts? Uh, I don't know From, who, who are you referring. I don't know who has a foot fetish. Uh, like Pulp Fiction guy. Uh, Travolta. Uh, Tarantino. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. There's always a every Tarantino movie. There's a shot of a of a barefoot woman. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. All right. Well, we're gonna find out. Okay, guys, season one, episode three, trial and error. Fire away. Okay, we're seeing a slow motion flashback. Oh, they're using every 90s camera trick. Oh, God. Black and white, slow motion. Oh, he's choking the shit out of her. Okay, so stop it right. So we have got a murder? We have a murder. We have a murder of a Jewish woman. Yes. And can I just say right from the start, can we ban slow motion shots in TV shows that they didn't film on a slow motion camera? Yeah, like the forced slow motion perspective. The forced slow motion. It just makes it blurry and it just looks cheap. Like it's, it's something that I did in high school on my camcorder. I feel like you're you're like it's a network show. There's only like three channels at this point. They can afford to like film some stuff with a real slow motion camera. Now That's I'd like to point out here bad. for those not watching, we have a cl- right after that murder flashback. We've got a close up of the tombstone of this woman. So clearly, our A story revolves around the death of Donna Braun. However, Donna Braun. One of two things here, Keith, is the question I want to ask. Number one, okay, either. Her being Jewish has something to do with this uh, story. Okay. Or whoever... Ooh, ma- we have, like, live speculation yeah. happening. Or who- That's interesting. whoever made this tombstone for the set screwed up because they made the Star of David bigger than the woman's name. It just is... It's in. It's weirdly proportioned. It, it is. It is. Although, I will say, I, I like the... Uh, the detail work of the stones on the grave. Like somebody did some research. Yeah, somebody came and visited, Jewish. yeah. Sad man with a bad tie. Sad man with a bad tie. Bobby. Oh, they're coming. To, okay. Bobby's coming to visit the man at the grave. Dr. Braun. Thank you for the doctor. This is her tombstone. Yeah, maybe we put that together. See, I wanted you to, uh... Wrongful death, it's such a legal term. Cause of action. 
This hey. is more than a cause of action for me. I have that other lawyer. Otherwise. He's not. He's not a lawyer. Uh, been any progress? So we can't use the theme song. Not yet. He. Who is he though? He's. I know him. We're uh, the actor. Yeah. The actor is. This is the guy who's accompanying Bobby to the to the graveyard. Yes, who we will find out soon is a rabbi. Is his rabbi? It's uh, Ari Gross. Of course, an ad just popped up over his name. Thanks for that. Yeah. Are you gross? And he has done, still working, did uh, 17 episodes of Castle. Hmm, that's not, um, somewhere I know him from a movie, I think, but. At this point, yeah, he did some Grey's Anatomy. Wait, the criminal trial is over. Lots of stuff. What if he's not convicted? Well, that doesn't affect our civil claim. There's a different standard of proof. Some technicalities there. Okay, so what's happening here, just so you know. The guy who murdered her is going to be going to a murder trial. Danny, what's going on? But that's not Bobby's job. Trial is not Bobby's going, going to be prosecuting him civilly test. if he does Only not get convicted of murder. They've got all these psychiatric experts saying that he was temporarily insane. I think it's working. I'd like to point out that Bobby's wearing a three-button suit right now and not ad adhering to the always-sometimes-never rule. I don't know what that is. Well, you're not supposed to button your coat like that, ever. Oh, okay. So, what's going on with Hi. with Eugene's body language there? He looks like a hunchback, like he's talking into his coat. But I think he's pretending that it's cold in Los Angeles. I think that's what that body language is supposed oh, to be. Okay, I thought maybe he had forgotten he was wearing the wrong shirt under that jacket, and he was like, I cannot do another take. So I'm Does just not want to get yelled at by the AD. Shots are still real close. I mean, we're sticking with this close-up yeah. handheld it situation. Did the police hang? Oh, he's back! The <laughs> so, Free what Willy. just happened there is uh, Eugene just talked to the cop. They were arresting a prostitute. Eugene goes into the room, and there is our good friend Free Willy, naked on a bed, handcuffed to a smoking little person. When we last left him, I thought they were going to, like, close that close that storyline but we're still oh, going. Oh, he's back, baby. No, she did. I don't know who this person is. And there's a little person. And there's a little person who he is handcuffed to. So Free Willy, handcuffed to a bed. nothing until my attorney gets here. And handcuffed to a little person. But I'll give the little person this credit. He didn't even attempt a bad Boston accent. He just went with no, straight on. He, he was just so happy to have this, you know, once again, another respectful, non-demeaning, good role for a little person. Yikes. <laughs> you got me playing another elf? No. In fact, we got you a great dramatic role. You're going to be handcuffed to a... Uh, to a fat pervert. <laughs> do you, great. You saw that on the breakdown. It was you, like, oh, I'm emailing a, my agent. Can you do a Boston accent? No. Okay, that's cool. Don't You don't even bother. <laughs> Nobody here has actually even tried to do a Boston accent. They just sort of do wise guy accents. Very impressive. So we're still rocking out to the uh, theme song here. I feel like I dropped three tabs of acid. Right? How can it be working? You're a defense lawyer. Oh, it's time! Uh-oh. Bobby's coming in with some other DA. Oh, here it is. Was that oh, opera? God, I, oh, I almost pressed the wrong button. Oh, God, Where I, is it? Oh. You I know that lawyer from somewhere. And 
Degs, do you know who that is? I, I do not know. She looks familiar. I mean, that's the whole point, I guess. That's Jane Kaczmarek. Wow. Who you would know as the mom in Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, my goodness. So young and youthful. Right? Well, this is not that that far before Malcolm in the Middle started. Uh, yeah, terrific actress. Comedic and dramatic actress did a whole bunch of work here and there. But I think basically we know her as Malcolm in the Middle, opposite Brian Cranston, uh, and do you ever see at the end of um, when Breaking Bad ended, they did a spoof video where he woke up with her in bed and it had all oh, been a yeah. dream? yeah. I do remember that. That was so funny. I also want so, to point out, since we're stuck here, uh, yeah. do you recall when we were we were bridging the gap between standard definition and high definition and everybody's like, you really can't tell the difference. It's not really worth it. Nothing's broadcast in HD. The exact same stuff you hear about 4K now. Regardless, right, right. look how bad... SD looks. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it, it's here's the thing. It it looks that bad, but it also looks that bad because we're seeing it on a high definition monitor. Yeah. Okay. You blow that up on an old school CRT, and it's gonna look. You know, it's not gonna look high def, but it doesn't look quite so pixelated and washed out because really all of that image is supposed to be on 240 by 320 pixels. So it's. So if you actually shrank that down, you know, on your screen to take up that space, it doesn't look that bad. It's only when you sort of blow it up. Yeah. Bigger than life size. We covered it before, too. I think what's less appealing is the old 4-3 aspect ratio is weird because we're so used to everything being shot in widescreen now. For a full seven Why everything's minutes. crowded. How is that temporary incentive? Bobby, you got the civil claim. Leave the criminal prosecution to me, okay? Mrs. Braun, Hello. But kudos to those actors, too, because that's not all being done with Zoom. I think those cameras are up in their face. So they're oh, trying, definitely. so they are walking yeah, yeah, yeah. around. These are these scenes are blocked really specifically because they can't run into this crew. No, and they, it's not quite a West Wing walk and talk, but they move around a lot. Oh, yeah. He's home away from home. How you doing? I'll be happy when today's testimony is over with. Miss Borg tells me the defense attorney will probably be aggressive. That's the most cleaned up Bobby's ever looked. Yeah. That's true. The suit looks like it might fit. Oh, yeah. She was frightened by him. Frightened? How so, ma'am? He said to her, you will not leave me in a tone. Objection. Hearsay. Excited utterance. Oh, hey! Oh, right. Here it is. Uh, Why can't I ever find... Here it is. I know that lawyer from somewhere. We have dueling important acting lawyers. This is John C. McGinley, who we might know from another super long-running sitcom that started not long after this, Scrubs. Oh, Scrubs. That's He's the original dude on Scrubs. He's Yeah, he's like, he, he played the asshole on Scrubs. So good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he he's made a whole career of playing various assholes. Uh, but yeah, he's... He has worked. Somebody else. The objection a lot. is overruled. And wait, wait. What? Continue, Mrs. Brown. Who's that judge? Who's that judge? Now, this judge means a lot to me. Oh. Because uh, Natalia Nogolich or something like that. I'm, I'm going to get so many emails about that. Probably but none. But she. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody would have to listen to this for the friend. 
in order to get an email. Can you imagine? Uh, you know, ostensibly, you and I are just <laughs> just logging in and watching an old show together. There's no real hope of anyone participating. No, it's it's yeah, it's, it's just like you know, we we're we can't commit to actually meeting each other for like a beer, so we're just going to watch an old TV show and talk about it. Uh anyway, so Natalia plays. Admiral Nechev on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, man. Deep Space Nine. So, so for me, that's definitely her claim to fame. Anybody who's ever been on Star you? Trek, that's Call her claim to fame. Call him up and ask? No. You'd think a concerned mother would bother. You seem a concerned mother, but isn't it true that you weren't concerned? That is not true. Then why didn't you notify the police? My daughter was a grown woman. Hmm. And I respected her wishes that I stay out of it. Mrs. Braun, you're up here Probably basically not the right to call when your daughter's getting beat up. That no. Ronald Martin was temporarily insane because as the victim's mother, you want to see him punished, don't you? Objection! Overruled. Mm. Let's be honest. You want him punished, don't you? He's a murderer. And he should. Oh, she has given me full murder she wrote drama. Part, aren't you? Objection! Sustained. Well, her daughter okay. was well, strangled to death. Let me just see if I can get this clear. Touche. You were afraid. Hard eye okay. roll by the extra. I mean, I was, was going to point that out. <laughs> that she. And, like, I think we see her again later, or maybe she's the one I thought we saw in the pilot. Mm. She is, like, this extra is out of control. They definitely filmed this and didn't notice. Or, like, we don't have time or money to refilm that, but, like, that is some. <laughs> yeah, acting. I mean, when you get called in to do extra work, you know, a little inside baseball, you generally get zero direction. The best you get is like, okay, you're going to walk from there to there and uh, don't look at the camera. That's really usually the best you get. But should you make a choice this wildly outlandish, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, rolling your eyes so hard that it draws focus, usually someone would mention it, but. Uh, and P.S., yeah, there's a dead fan. Oh, yeah. Above the eye but roll is one of our she favorite She keeps eye rolling. She just keeps doing privacy. it. Look at it. Look she, and she, she totally looks at the camera. Wait, back that up. That she might be. Eye ro- she does two eye rolls. No, there might have been then three. Looks, then looks directly at the camera. Clear. Okay, here, let's start. You eye roll one. Go. That Mr. Martin might kill your daughter. Eye roll two. Two. But looks at the camera. Up, the looks the camera. Looks the camera again. Staring at the camera. Looks the camera a third time. Eye rolls up again. Oh, uh, somebody's got to gift that uh, if we had friends. I saw what she was oh, I may take a timestamp. I will gift that. All right. Hey, I didn't agree to pay her. And the dwarf Six, came out of nowhere. Look, I can argue that. But you're a repeated sex offender. I wouldn't pretend to be optimistic. I want my day in court. No, you don't. Mr. Holston, I thought we had an understanding. You were going to try to get some help? I will. But first, I want my day in court. You'd think someone in the writer's room would have been like, guys, we should we should just abort this whole thing. This is a bad call. Free Willy. Well, I, first of all, we can't we shouldn't call him Free Willy. <laughs> well, I, it's it's called Discovery Council. It's called Hilarious in the 90s. Of process. This is the third deposition. He's the plaintiff. Are you suggesting the defendant not be allowed to depose the person suing him? Of course they can. But there's a difference between deposing a witness and, and your motion is denied. Mr. Pearson, you may resume the deposition. Egon. I pay the court cost for this hearing, and I'm no. finding you $500 to boot. What? My docket is clogged with two zillion cases because lawyers like you come in here wanting to argue everything. Mm. And what else? 
How dare you want to like, argue as a lawyer? I, I, well, it's it's a couple things going on here. First off, nice bookshelves. Mm-hmm. Very. I definitely want those bookshelves, but I wouldn't put law books. I'd put Star Trek figures on it because I have no friends. Uh, but second off, like this judge is just giving a lot in this scene. Mm-hmm. The Liberty Bell's on his desk. Yeah. I'd also be seeking to continue oral arguments on summary. No. Uh, no. No, 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 no. Delay, delay, oh. delay, delay. He filed a 223-page memorandum. So this is big tobacco. That's overdoing it, guys. That's overdoing it. You can't find me for asking for a continuance. I just did. 50 bucks for saying I can't. He's pissed, if you can't tell. Don't look at me like that. Mr. Pearson, as an officer of this court, I apologize for this. Thank you, Your Honor. So I think we're establishing that that most a lot of judges treat Bobby like a petulant child, whereas Big Tobacco's lawyer gets a lot of gravitas and respect from the That's legal right. system. That's right. You'll notice that the head counsel on that case is said not a word again. Oh, <laughs> that's totally right. Yeah, Lindsay Dole, the lead, the uh, the lead counsel. Apologized to him. Bobby. He was sucking up to him. The judge was in awe of Pearson. He probably wants a job after he's thrown off the bench. He was kissing the guy's ass. Excuse me. Oh, this is a bad time. He's so tall, this guy. I was wondering if we could push tomorrow's Six, deposition five. from two thirty to two forty-five. I've got a luncheon seminar that could run over. Two forty-five will be. Fine. A lot of silence here. Yeah. A lot of nonverbal acting. This is beneath you. Damn. Everything's beneath you. Ooh, smug little smile. Yes. He's yeah, due back right? any second. Sure, you don't want coffee. I think I'm gonna just leave. Uh, no, 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 Mr. Ray. I'll be back. You see? I'm not going to keep doing it. we got a little more opportunity. Okay. One at a time. You said the last deposition was the last deposition. Hey! My problem is your problem. There's just all too, altogether too much everybody shouting at each other at the same time on the show. Always. Like, it's it's just like, I, I get what they're doing from a writing standpoint. Like, oh, it's exciting. Lots of energy. But nobody does that in real life. I mean, two people will shout at each other, they'll talk over each other, but I, like, can you think of a situation where four people were all talking at the same time different things? Well, not just different things, wildly different things. We have a loan shark, we have a guy whose wife died because of big tobacco, and we've got a rabbi all shouting for, like, don't they have appointments? Is there not a secretary to be found? Why is this guy your lawyer? Well, the secretary, Rebecca, is too busy butting into Eleanor's love life. Oh, God, I forgot all about that. What's the problem? <laughs> People at the bank are asking questions about the loan we extended to you. And P.S., to the, those what of you who actually know the practice, he just called guy. Jimmy Berluti a loan shark. I don't know why paperwork isn't done yet. This I can handle, but... I mean, it's an illegal loan. Well, it's like a... It's a... It's a fudge the it's edges. fraud. Yeah. They're it's, also it's fraud, asking yeah. about this office. I mean, this guy with his accent, you think he breaks a few thumbs to get paid back. So, uh, sounds like a loan shark which to me. You said that the loan was for, which it ain't, since you got no place to expand since the place next to you. Is he wearing shoes? This would be the scene. It would be. Oh, wait, pause it right there. So, I looked up the pennant behind Suffolk Law School. 
which is where uh, where Bobby went to school. It's a real school. It has a 65% pass rate for the bar hmm. on the first attempt. Is that good? What's and the national average? I, I have no idea. Okay. And I know that it is the number 144th ranked uh, law school in the country. So not great, but I don't really know how many there are in the country. So I don't know if that's even better or worse than average. Huh. I get when your forehead sweats. But I did homework. Jonathan Kramer called here yesterday. Said Unlike Dex. Signals. He's going to be asking you some things. What things? Things like, did you represent to me that your office was expanding? Did you show me blueprints and stuff? Those kinds of questions. If I answer yes to those questions, Jimmy, the next arraignment I go... Wait, it was ranked what? 144th. There are 205 APA-approved law schools <laughs> and about 32 <laughs> non-ABA-approved law schools. So, you know, let's say 237. So it's in the bottom third. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it scans. If, you know, if I went to a bottom third school, I'm not sure I'd have the pennant up on my law. See, if you didn't make those representations, unemployment in the Commonwealth goes up a blip. This is why I'm thinking we got a problem. Wait, I mean, didn't what? Well, didn't he pitch that they put it as a renovation? He sure did. Yeah, but now he's saying. Or, or he's trying to convince him to lie. He's now saying, I got caught, and uh, I'm, I'm going to get fired. Which, of course he was going to get caught. Podiatrist, 40 Eleanor. Wait, wait. Back night. that up. Back that up. This is funny. This was her date? This is... Yeah, she's going to find it. But listen to what she says here, and I want to know what you think she says. Okay. Up a blip. This is why I'm thinking... Your scrubber sucks. It's terrible. Got one. Podiatrist, 40-ish, loves movies in Maine. Spoke to him for an hour on the phone last night. Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, yeah, she said a 40-year-old podiatrist yeah. who loves movies and the uh -huh. musical Mame? That's what I listened to it four times, and I'm like, oh, honey, um, he's a big fan of... like, Hey, like, we are both straight men who have devoted our lives to musical theater. Mm -hmm. But like, if our favorite show was Mame, time out, Keith. Even we're, that, we're I, oh, I know. You toured. <laughs> I you was were on in the national tour, the national of, tour Mame. of Mame. <laughs> Not a podiatrist, but and but almost forty. So she's sort of describing me in a way. <laughs> I have feet. So you do, you do have feet. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, you toured with Mame. But is it your favorite musical? Actually, even thinking about it makes me want to hang myself. So that's that is the appropriate response <laughs> to me. In fact, uh, so <laughs> before we haul out the holly, mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> where's that cricket sound effect? I want control of that. <laughs> Thank I, you. Well, I just cricketed myself. Mm. Uh, so I actually turned on the closed captioning to find out what she said, and she said Maine, as in the state. Oh, well, that, what a random three facts. Podiatrist loves movies and the state of Maine. In the state of Maine, which is, like, I love Maine, too. I'm, I'm a New Englander, but, like, they're in Massachusetts. They're bordering Maine. Is it really that, like, I would say, oh, I really love Florence, or I really love Acapulco. I wouldn't say, like, oh, we're in New York. Like, I really love Pennsylvania. Look how excited, uh, 
she, uh, everybody is about her date. Rebecca, Rebecca is. Yeah. I'm going to keep it audio for a while. Oh, excuse me. Hi, Danny. I'm going to keep it audio for a while? Oh, so they're just on the phone. They're just on the phone. Okay, in my office, please. What's with the tone? In my office. Uh-oh. Eleanor Frott. Somebody from Boston Fidelity called inquiring about our office expansion? Yeah, yesterday. And you informed them that this office was not expanding? Well, we're not. Are we? It is not your place to disseminate any information with respect to this law practice. You take messages, you don't give them. You got that? Wow, what a dick. You got to that, be Rebecca. I got it. How much? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely being a dick. On the other hand, uh, she might have gotten him arrested and Jimmy fired. And the whole show shut down. Yeah, she. but she was uh, p- giving people online dating profiles. So, I mean, we know that she's an oversharer. This has not been a good couple of None. episodes for Rebecca. Okay. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. You need help shaving? <laughs> Spit. Look okay. at those pleated pants. There's a grenade Ooh. I gotta go full on. Oh, yeah. What are you gonna say? You know, he suffers from a problem I have, which is What's when that? your shirt's blouse too much. But he's a lawyer, oh. so he should probably get his tailored. Well, see, I have always been someone who uh, over-bloused my shirts to make my gut look ambiguous. Yeah, I still do like, that. It, but like, I could be fat, or well, maybe it's just like a puffy shirt. I invented a way to get him some help. But now, uh, like, it's, 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 documents, Jimmy. I, 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 I filled out the extra space, so you just know matter. I'm fat. They'll just fire me. They won't be pressing charges. So much silence in this episode. He came into the confessional. He was obviously in a state of shock. Objection! I'll allow it. And now we see a Catholic priest on the stand. Which makes my prediction that this is going to have a religious element seem a little more plausible. Good call. I see. He wasn't sure. He said he could see the image of it. He couldn't remember it as if it were something that actually Oh, happened. man. Black and white slow motion flashback. Here we Felt go. Here we go. Did happen. And how'd you respond to that, fellow? Told him he should go to the police. He had to, and he agreed. And did he say anything else? Yes. Double-breasted suit. For you don't see that very often. For absolution. And did you grant it to him? Yes. I did. Uh-oh. Sit down, Dr. Braun. Dr. Braun, please be seated. This is the, Sit down, I think the second sir, consecutive episode that somebody has jumped up in a courtroom. Yeah, but I was going to say, I feel like this is like third or fourth take of this. He must have said something or had some sort of outburst initially, and they were like, that's too much. Just do a nonverbal. Out- he shoots out of his chair as if to attack, but says nothing and has no real intention. He just really wanted to show that he's pissed. Maybe he just needs some exercise. He's got his Fitbit on, needs his steps. We're getting more synth. Yeah. More sound effects happening now. It's coming a lot more like dude on his Casio. He wants to improvise. (laughs) We're going this afternoon. Just like that. Well, it's Muni. Judge bounced us to a six-man jury. There's no discovery. Here's a fan in the back. Might as well try the day. Fan! We, we definitely need, a, like, a fan sound cue. I want you to find in this office, Keith, uh, at least one unused okay. computer monitor. Well, there it is. There's just two not being oh, used. Oh, yeah, there's one of the... No, I think that's another desk. 
his past and extends his career. Okay, yeah, I'll buy it. But you know, but he, I challenge you before next episode to get us a sound oh, cue for an off fan. Any suggestions? A dead, like a, a dead fan sound United cue. United States of America. Bzz, bzz, bzz. You think? What else have you got? Hey. United States of America. You think I should go hard? I don't oh, know. I think you should go hard. I was examining a priest. Yeah, well, that priest was pretty effective. You heard him. Awesome, Pam. If you go- so, since I've been talking and not paying too much attention... Great. I'll, let me explain to you the show that you're doing a podcast She on. is... <laughs> she's an attorney for the other... She is the... She is the state prosecutor. So, so usually Bobby is uh, defending the defendant, uh, but in this case, he's actually representing the family of the murdered woman, and so he he is setting himself up to do a civil lawsuit of the guy who killed her, in addition to the criminal murder trial. So he's sort of helping out with with the DA trying to get him convicted for murder, which will help him in his civil lawsuit subsequent. It's sort of the, it's like the OJ thing, right? OJ, uh, was <laughs> somehow declared innocent for the murders, but then was guilty in a civil trial, which is why he had to pay 32 something million dollars and ended up doing a, a candid camera, uh, an R rated candid camera spoof. Yeah. So, Father, as I understand it, this man commits a murder. Fan. Then he proceeds to On top of a mini fridge. Where you <laughs> proceed fridge. to offer him absolution. Is that correct? <laughs> it's not quite that simple. That's the way it seems. It also seems strange that you come to this court every day and sit behind him in a parent. You know, 1997, priests had a little bit more clout. Uh, in believability than they do these days. And support. Well, I suppose it's easy to love a Mother Teresa, but I believe God teaches us to love all people. Yes, that's sweet. Objection. She's mocking the witness, Your Honor. Mocking him? He comes to a murder trial and compares the killer to Mother Teresa. Oh, come Why on, move to strike. Let's get on with it. <sighs> 90s hairdos. Oh. Exactly how long did it take you to forgive Ronald Martin for strangling Donna Braun? More than a minute? Objection! This man is basically here as a character witness. He's testifying as to fact, not character. May I finish? No. Both of you, kindly step up to the bench. Uh-oh. Admiral Nechev's gonna have some words. Once a month or so, I go into a depression. I think it's probably because I come to a place of work every day populated by rapists, murderers, child molesters. But that's not the reason. It's because of the daily sewage I have to swallow listening to what comes out of the mouths of these malignant, cancerous, infected little cysts we call lawyers. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> I hope that there is at least one lawyer who listens to this podcast at some point who can write us and let us know. I mean, do the judges expound such bloviation? Vitriol? Yeah, uh, of their personal opinions of the law system and the lawyers they work with, because that's clearly a point we're making in this episode. We had the judge in chambers discussing how it's such a nuisance when lawyers argue every little thing, and now this judge is really going off on the fact that the lawyers are... Uh, well, it, it, it's it's remarkable. It, well, I mean, it's either remarkable or just 
lazy writing because it, it, it's been all through the series. I mean, even even the first two episodes, like you just have like these judges and everyone just like shitting on lawyers and what they do so bad. And in this case, right, she's goes into this like acid paragraph because she she's like asking the priest, like, why are you here supporting the murderer? And like the relevance to the jury that a priest is there supporting them and this, that, the other thing, like. You know, it may not be relevant, it may not be whatever, but it's not it, it it's not an unreasonable thing to question. Like what are the motives of this person who's you know, the priest not is not a material witness to the case. I mean as right? a as a juror though, like what are you taking from that 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 he's uh, that he feels sorrow, that he is uh <clears throat> he's sorry for his the feelings or the the interactions he's had with his wife and thus not a cold-blooded killer? I guess that's the thread they're tying. I not even think it's that. I, well, the, well, the priest is saying he's setting it up. He didn't remember killing her. He did, but he didn't remember it, uh, and therefore I forgive him. But in in this context, the priest is purely a character witness because it happened after because he he did not witness the crime. He's there to say this guy said he did it, but he didn't remember it, and then is a character witness. Like beyond that, like. How what the priest thinks of the guy and the priest's bias, either interpersonally or because of his position, is relevant to this case. So challenging the point of view of the priest, like, so what's your deal here? Do you have a bias? Are you on the person's side? Are you not on the person's side? That is super relevant to this case, and there's absolutely no justification for Admiral Necheyev to dress him down like this. What, like the Borg attacking? Also, I wanted to mention that the average uh, law school in the United States has an 81 bar percent passage rate. So Bobby went seriously, like, it, like Bobby went to his safety school. You don't make me state my opinion of what you are. It was that or stay home and just, you know, kick the spare tire. It would be grounds for mistrial. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? Stop sinking to his level. We're going to take a break so you little children can reflect, okay? Mm. Now step back. Like, you look like the little child, Judge. 20 minute recess. I'm I taking back Attorney my jingle. Bobby Donald is in the back of the room. I'll see you in chambers, please. Bobby. Oh, I, I thought she was getting know. undressed. I was like, this is taking a turn. Tell you, Bobby has slept with everyone on the show. I'm not doing that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with me monitoring a criminal trial. In fact, I I'm think told you have investigators out looking for some of the defendant's ex-girlfriends. One who he supposedly beat up. Look, it'd be malpractice if I didn't try to find her. Well, you better be careful on any search and seizure because I might just find your conduct to be state action. I'm not working. Man, with she's DNA. got a bone to pick. Well, it doesn't look good. Well, I don't care she's how pissed. it looks. And for your information, this is not just about money. If that guy gets acquitted here, I will be using the civil trial to nail him. Mostly so Donna Braun's parents can get some peace that at least one jury found him to be a murderer. What you do in your civil case isn't my concern, but keep your nose out of the criminal prosecution. That's my only warning. So I guess, are they saying that he legally does not have a right to aid in the investigation? The, the criminal investigation? Uh, I think what she's saying is, if he does... He will then be representing the state. That's what she's saying. Like, if it's, I will consider what you're doing state action. 
Uh, so, which then has different rules Your wife's and disclosure. So he's, he's no longer a non-biased yes. party. Did he tell her they could cause cancer and vascular disease? All right, we're into Objection. the cigarette story again. Yes. Did you tell her that cigarette smoking could kill her? Many times. Uh, in fact, you you begged her to quit, didn't you? And she did. Many times. But she'd start up again. She was addicted. Right. I mean, 18,000 is pretty good. That's the initial the floated offer here. Attorney Donald has just entered. From a cigarette Why company? Started without me? Yeah, but I mean, how many people died of Make smoking? Wait. And uh, Ms. Dole. Well, everybody. No objection. She should have. For the record, bad form, Pearson. Consider me. So Eugene came to the rescue in one of her meetings, and now Bobby's there. Chagrin. Although, to be fair, Bobby is the yeah. head of the firm. So this is... Everything is sort of his case. He got quaffed up for this meeting, too. He, sh he sure did. You're letting him push you around. I'm not. There was no excuse for allowing that deposition to begin without me. I didn't know how late you were going to be. Then you so... Just to point out what Keith has said many times, we went by a roasting peanut uh, little contraption, which was smoking. Yeah. Um, but they're talking, and people are walking, all coated up, and nobody has is expelling any cold breath. Postpone it. No. Well, actually, one thing you're going to notice, every time they do an external in Boston, the... Something is smoking. It's the it's the it the, the manholes or the whatever. Apparently, that means New York or Boston. Mm. You've got this brilliant. Like we live in New York City, the street is not steaming that often. In this town. Okay. Now, this summary judgment hearing. Are you up to going against Pearson or not? I'm up to it. I am. So somewhere between that meeting and walking outside. Bobby's hair is completely different. His tie is untied, yeah. and her hair. Well, is, he walked through the steam. Her hair is different as well. It was down in yeah, the office. And there's lots of steam going on. Now she has a hair clip in. So that's like sure that's not from. There's more. There's two sources of steam. So Keith, yeah, fess up. Were you in charge yes. of continuity in that scene? Yeah, oh, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, man, I, I got it covered. You're fired. I was walking down the street, uh -huh. minding my own business, and I saw her. Her being Sheila. And what happened next, sir? Well, her eyes locked briefly. I that lawyer from somewhere. Uh oh. The prosecutor here is Michael Harney from Orange is the New Black. Wait, who's he in? Oh, is he the cop? No, he's like the. He was the original warden. No. Yes. Where's the. See, he is. Scrubber's terrible. Just add. Just, just take out the brown hair, make it silver. No way. Wow. And make him super insecure. She took my hand and led me upstairs to her apartment. Uh, a strange woman grabbed you by the hand and led you to her place? Yes, Your Honor. What were you thinking? Only that I should follow. And you did not know that she was a prostitute? No. Next thing I know, the police are charging in, and I'm chained to a dwarf smoking a camel. <laughs> I think we should just close it right there. <laughs> And season done. <laughs> oh my god! They're like the writers are like guys. We're spinning gold here. We have to put these into the show. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I really think we maybe should. We, she should cut this whole free Willy story entirely. You know, I, here's the thing, though. Like, as absurd and offensive as it may be, it, there are some pretty good lines. 
I mean, it's pretty funny. I guess you be the judge. Let's. The police are charging in, and I'm chained to a dwarf smoking a camel. Your witness. This woman stated that before she grabbed your hand, she said to you 300, at which point you nodded. Oh, yeah. He's exactly that guy. Wait. He never said anything about office expansion. That was my mistake. And how do you make such a mistake, Jimmy? Because office expansion was something he'd approached me about before. I even got the plans. I... So they are knee-deep in some fraud here. Oh, my God, yes. Mistakenly assumed that this loan was about that. So you expedited a $70,000 loan without even asking the question what it was for. You just assumed and wrote the check. You want it off the record, John? Nothing's off the record. Bobby's one of my best friends. He's having a bad month. I helped him. I made the loan on their office expansion. Yeah, you can't see it because you're not watching probably, but there are two extras in the background of this shot where a really close up of Jimmy and his boss. And <clears throat> there's two actors in the back who really think they're going to be on TV. <laughs> they are moving and gesturing and they really think they are on TV, but they are. They are rolling their eyes so hard. <laughs> they, they are not in focus. Because I, I couldn't figure any other way without you asking questions. And your friend played along? He just took the loan. He didn't know how I was swinging it. You're a sweet man, Jimmy. Stupid, but sweet. And you committed fraud. So, how's it going to be? Pack up your office, you're fired. If you or Mr. Donald return the so 70000 within 30 days, that'll be the end of it. If you don't, I refer the matter to the district attorney. 70 Gs? He took that like a champ, I should mention. He just got canned. Oh. And he has well, to come he, up he with did. 70 grand. Mr. But, like, Martin honestly, like, his boss, like, the boss was really nice to let him I do see. that. And could you describe what that means for the jury, Doctor? Essentially, it's a psychological splitting mechanism causing a segregation of normal integrated patterns of perception. At this point, we are midway through the episode, and the B story and the C story have gotten much more context than the actual A story. Yeah, well, we're, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, doctor, I'm sure you feel you've just explained it. Basically, uh, when the victim broke off the relationship, Mr. Martin snapped. He lost conscious control and pretty much was on automatic pilot when he strangled her. So, he didn't know what he was doing? In my opinion, he did not. Look at him strut. So, here's the thing, like, I'm familiar with dissociation, but I, I, I am not familiar with it being an actual defense in a murder trial. Uh, like, oh, so that you're not responsible for your behavior because you dissociate. I don't know that it's uh, particularly successful, but I know I have heard of people using that. I'm well. It feels like a I'm 90s not, thing. No, I don't, no, I don't no, hear people me. using that I bet they turn. I bet they shut that down. It's different than pleading insanity to, like, to get a reduced, like, go to the crazy house sentence. Right. Well, I, absolutely. Because if you plead insanity, okay, you are, you are insane, and therefore you have to deal with the consequences yeah. of being insane, which makes... Total sense, perfect sense. But what they're trying to argue here is that, oh, well, he's then not responsible for his behavior and just go about his business. There have been cases, too, of, of multiple personality where one of the personalities committed the crime. And so they've tried to argue that the, the 
the primary personality is not responsible. Yeah, well, I, I can, I can buy that, but you go into psychiatric care. You don't just go back to the street. Dr. Ron, I am both mindful of your presence in the courtroom every day and of your loss. I hope you realize that what I do in there shouldn't be interpreted as a failure on my part to feel your tragedy. Why don't you die? <laughs> um, I'm sure your attorney can convey my conflict. He has certainly been in a similar position many, many times. And he can die Dick too. Move. <laughs> See, here's the thing, like, that was such a dick move for no reason. Like, like what's his objective there? Because he's clearly not, like, trying to reach out and deal with this poor guy's feelings. He's just doing that to, like, be a dick to Bobby and try to break up to, like, mess up that relationship. But what's his, like, what's his dog in that fight? I can't even, I can't even address that because I've just decided that I'm taking out any time in my life where I say, you know what, go fuck yourself. I'm taking that out and I'm just going to start saying to people, you can die. You can die. Rick, will you call? I also want to everything in my life to happen with a swoosh cut. Warren, hello, totally. Browner, tell them we want our motion to compel. Sorry, I don't disseminate information. Yeah, I think she just asked for an apology, Bobby. Yeah. You got something to say to me? No, no, no. I think you have something to say to her. Yeah. You want me to say it here? In my office. Is the spare tire still there? Keep an eye out. I'm keeping an eye out. I don't know what's going on with this bank loan. I'd like to say I don't care, but I do care. Because this place of business is where I come to work every day. And if you expect me to be a part of your schemes or lies or whatever it is you're pulling, then you've never bothered to know who I am. For three episodes, nobody has. So thank you for asserting yourself. What's her name again? <laughs> I will never be a participant in that kind of crap. That's one. Here's two. If you ever speak to me with that kind of disrespect, whether it be in front of somebody else or just between us, I'll walk out that door. My wife has said those exact words to me once before. And you probably deserved in it. In a diner. I absolutely deserved it. And she, uh, n henceforth after that, never was spoken to. I mean, I just raised my voice. I, it wasn't that bad, but. Diner. Yeah. I was. I was out of line. You got that right. Yeah, and she's totally Bobby, right. I mean. this place in operation? Yeah. At like. It, like, if if I have an employee, I don't want them volunteering information willy-nilly. Like, you know, I, I feel like at my job, I'm not going to be volunteering information that could be a problem just willy-nilly, even if I don't e know what's going on. However, like, my boss never asks me to be complicit in a crime. No. but And while we're talking so, about the crime-doing boss, you know, I'm not really comfortable, you know, being in charge of your hygiene and your mouth washing and your shaving. I feel like, you know, be a big boy and do that stuff yourself. Get some boundaries, you know. But you better think real hard about exactly what it is you're trying to keep going. 
Now, if I, I don't want to speak prematurely, but I feel like this, for me, is a turning point. That that little speech is a turning point because you're starting to ask the question three episodes in. Look, there's he's like constantly struggling to keep up with his cases. It's, the firm is a mess. He's involved in some sort of a fraud here. Like, what is it you're trying to do, man? What's the big picture? Because I came here t- to work for something a little bit higher than that. That's that's the vibe yeah. I'm getting. Yeah. Fair. She sort of the, just became the moral center of everything. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's going to be Summary an interesting character arc for her. Defense in almost every civil action. It's a shot at getting the case kicked on legal grounds. They almost never work. But you're talking like you're worried. Well, if we should lose, the case is over. Finished. And since this judge seems to be a little biased... I We're in Bobby's office lie. discussing... We're a little worried. The cigarette case so late at night. Lose, we're done. And the lighting has improved. I think win? they got a new DP. Hopefully they'll start taking us seriously. Much more cinematic light. Yeah. Right now they're not. Not as much as we like them. Yeah, too. they've gone from full washes to just to a little more specific. Yeah. Go, get some rest. Good night. Good night. That desaturation you were talking about in one of the previous episodes is really noticeable here. Yeah. Baseball glove. Base- the glove's everywhere in this office. Plays a lot of solo baseball. You like them too. You can tell the prop Go guy just put rest. it there. Because the baseball is not in the not in the uh, Good night. In the Good netting. Like sitting on top yeah. of the glove. Bobby, this judge. It may not be Pearson he's kissing up to, but somebody in aerosol can in the back. Make things spell good. That's that's interesting. That's, that's probably a good idea for Bobby. What? Sydney Sharples. She was a year ahead of me at school. She works at Finley. Before that, she clerked for Small, and supposedly something happened between them. You're just telling me this now? I just heard myself. Chris Kelton, a DA, also in my class, he told me. What? Can we prove it? I don't know, but even if we could, there's nothing to suggest it's a factor. It was more than two years ago. I don't think Pearson even knows about it. Still, if we can get that judge off this case. What do you think? So they're talking about I'm angry eyebrows. That if that judge slept with a woman at Pearson's firm, that is a card. And it is not beneath me to play it. Yeah, Bobby. Nothing's beneath you except for everyone on the show. M- Mr. Host. Sure. We are and really going 100% into this Free Willy storyline. On this particular occasion, Definitely. we're talking to the prostitute now. Attractive and nice. And when you quoted him 300? Before I decided I really liked him for free. And the dwarf? <laughs> Just a friend. And of course, since you yourself were charged... Okay, so I think we need, to, we need to talk about the little person in the room. Okay, so... It, what's they're they're prosecuting him here, I guess as a as a John, right? And it it seems way been like you don't prosecute. Don't, don't you get set fined up a trial. for that? Yeah, yeah, you don't like set up a trial for. Oh, this. but he's so, got priors, man. Because he's got priors. That's that's clearly what they've got going on there. So that that part I understand. But and this really doesn't get talked. It doesn't get addressed or explained. Why is there a little person there? So let, let let's. I think I think we should walk through the crime, right? Okay. He's walking down the street, runs into the prostitute. Mm-hmm. He's interested. She's like three hundred. He says, "Okay, great." 
they go up to her apartment for the obvious. Why is there a little person there? Did she like did have one on retainer that just lives in her apartment? And like, why are they handcuffed together? So my my initial reaction was that he's maybe the pimp in the situation. But since he was also handcuffed, I'm now thinking it's like an Uber share situation. She, <laughs> she either had previously already gotten this other little John, and then he was interested, and she's like, oh, I'll just two for one it, and do like a, you know, some sort of a, like an Uber share. Yeah, no, like a 30% off. Yeah. An interest in yeah. denying that this was sex for- Although $300 is, seems expensive. I, I you know- I do not have a tremendous amount of experience with handcuffed three ways and prostitutes. Well, I do. Well, hold oh. on, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so I was reading an article in this story I post the other day where uh, there's a little neighborhood in Queens now that is becoming very known having a problem with prostitution. Um, really? Yeah. And they were saying how the going rate in this neighborhood in our in Queens, like right by us, is a hundred bucks yeah. f- for the full boat. Like a hundred dollars, yeah, for intercourse, which seems I would think low. So three hundred seems, I don't know, but that's ninety-seven. It, so it seem, does seem exorbitant. A fee. Well, hey. I mean, there there might be a little person surcharge. There's absolutely, I took an oath yeah, to tell absolutely. The truth here. It totally upsold him. When this him. man exposed Down-sold himself him? to you on the street, what exactly <laughs> did that say about him no. to you? I, <laughs> I'm pretending you didn't say oh, okay. that. So like, it wasn't a short sale or something like that. Invited him to my room. He'd probably come. Hey guys, we have our first entry for our appeals and objections for next episode. Has to seem horrific. He took the life of an innocent woman. How can we excuse him? So we're getting to the close of the A case 26 minutes in. We feel sorry for him. Well, you can. You can and you must. True or false, someone gets shot in the throat with a toy arrow. Because the law Interesting you say tells that. you to. And we've heard from seven trained medical professionals. We've heard them testify that Ronald Martin was ill when he committed this act, that he was temporarily insane. Ah, uh, temporary insane. If insanity. he didn't understand the nature right. and the quality of his act, then legally, he's not guilty. That's the law. Mm. Now, you may not like it, that's okay. A better podcast would research this and give some context, but we're not that better context. We're just going to be like, we don't know either. Go back to that room. I'll give it a passing Google. Remember that our system of jurisprudence, more than anything else, is designed to protect the weak. And you can hate them. You can hate them. That's a human thing to do. But sometimes the function of a jury is to defend against human nature, against lynch mob mentality. Because the law, the law is here to defend the most vulnerable members of our society who have nowhere. Okay, so this stat is from June of 2011, so I guess it's close enough t- to pertain. Well, it's closer to us than to them. Yeah, but, okay, so just take that with the grain of salt. Uh, temporary insanity, usually used uh, as a common, commonly used to defend individuals that have committed crimes of passion... It's used in fewer than 1% of all cases and has only about a 26% success rate. In 90% of successful claims, the defendant has previously been diagnosed with mental illness. Oh, interesting. So that's, so 
chance of success in this particular case where he has no prior uh, is extremely low. Uh, you know, and even in that context, right? What I, my real question is, okay, so let's say you're found not guilty by reasons of temporary insanity. Is it realistic that you just walk out onto the street and move on with your life? Or is there some sort of a system to deal with, you know, the, the, the mental illness issue? They split the hair if, if you're found not guilty because there's two possible outcomes. Either if you plead not guilty by reason of insanity, NGRI, all right, is different than being found guilty but insane. Right. Okay. Uh, in some jurisdictions, if successful, that re- the latter may result in the defendant being committed to a psychiatric facility. But it looks Which like would make sense. NGRI seems like in that less than one percent success rate, or less than ten percent success rate, you walk out. Weird. Where else to be safeguarded? In my very, very definitively wow. legal opinion. Oh my goodness! Yes, because we are. Right Definitely here. qualified to yeah. talk about Let's all it. cry for Ronald Martin. We need to feel sorry for these poor, misunderstood murderers. Dr. Braun. What? He gets to sit in that room as the victim. They're looking at him as the casualty. I will get my turn. My daughter's a piece of evidence now. The body. This is sick, Jerry. What? She's not even a person anymore. She's Exhibit A. You don't even care. Really important scene, I think. Yeah. Because for the run of this show, for the run of all these types of shows, all of the true crime, all of the documentaries, everything, very quickly, these, the victim becomes a subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. Becomes part of the story instead of the central focus of this tragedy. Yeah. No, no, totally. I'm deeply sympathetic to what you're going through. There's a big Ted Bundy documentary that just got released. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. The tapes. Yeah, it's good. And there's this quote-unquote controversy about how they're painting him in too good a light and how he's seen as like the sex symbol and how he's so charming and that that's in some way minimizes. I don't think they paint him in a good light. Like, he doesn't doesn't look that good. Yeah, I just, I guess that's always, there's always a flip side of the coin, right? No matter what suspect you're looking at or what the the focus of the documentary might be, if if there are victims involved, it's understandable where they would take offense. No, of course. And I think it's like, um, I mean... Actually, two thoughts. One, uh, Bundy's being charming and intelligent was why he was able to get. Like it, it, it wasn't secondary to what happened. It was primary to what happened. Uh, second of all, I, I think your point about sort of the Teresa Hallbecking of these things, where you know that making a murderer, and obviously the uh, the Avery kids are victims in this, and and what it seems like. And they're the focus, they're the emotional heart of it, and and that's sort of what that is about. But you do f- or sort of forget that Teresa Hallbeck also was. It, was. it might not have been them who did it, but like that was a really big thing. And it's so easy, even when you're trying to keep that in mind, to be like, oh, what was on her cell phone? And this, like, you really do just get sort of sucked into that because she's no longer an active player in the story. Right. And so therefore she becomes a plot point. And then that other element, right? That always comes back to, if the truth is that this person is not guilty, that means there's someone who committed a murder who is free. Right. I know this is an emotional time. But in this case, we do know he did. dare accuse me of not caring. Let's not attack the guy. I mean, I know you're offended, but maybe you just, maybe you just take that one. I give my closing tomorrow. I promise you. 
I'm ready. Uh, poor Jimmy. So what are you gonna do? I'll find something. You know me, I always really taking it in stride, Jimmy. Jimmy, what are you gonna do? He's an easygoing guy. What Jimmy should say is, um, I'm about to go work for you, Bobby, because you owe me one, brother. I don't know. You'll come work with us. Aha! Okay, thank Our you. tobacco <laughs> case is heating up, and we need all the hands we can get. You can't afford to pay you. How do you pay me? I'll work it out. You need therapy, you know that. Look, just say yes or no. You keep digging yourself. Now, are you comfortable telling me when to floss, when to use mouthwash, and helping me put my shoes on? Deeper, you say you work <laughs> it out. This is going to be on your tombstone. He tried. Yeah, to work but you are forgetting right now, from the previous episode. Jimmy is a lawyer. You at least have an office to come to. A bad lawyer who has never won a case. Hustle up some contingencies. And what about the others? How are they going to feel? Not collecting regular paychecks, then in comes me. How are they going to feel about that? Well, I mean, I do have this one guy, Eugene, who beats people up. So you're probably an upgrade. You're where you are, because... Uh, like, you know, assault in our office is me. not unprecedented. Are you into three-day-old pizza? Because if you it's are... for me to help you. <laughs> I could stand here and talk about how there's no evidence of money changing hands. No. Look at that extra on the far left, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Talk yeah. about undercover murderer. That guy. Seriously. He's got that, some bodies I mean, in his apartment. Full on, like, Evidence 70s porn stash serial killer. <laughs> Look how small his tie is. Was he foolish to think that a Big Willie does not have a big tie. Of course he was. This isn't a stable man. I don't need to convince you of that. He's a flasher. They didn't make the elements here. I could sit down right now and you'd have to come back not guilty. But I'm going to stay up here just a little longer because I want to talk to you about something else. Something called the United States of America. Oh, boy. Big Brother Police saw Mr. Holston walk away with Sheila. Mr. Holston. Gee. Look at him. Overweight, he would just have to pay for sex, wouldn't he? What woman would want to be with him? It must be prostitution. Let's follow them, then we'll bust the door down. We can do that and get away with it. You know why? Because we don't like the way they look. And when they charge into that room and... Yeah, but hold on. They were right. Oh, yeah. Saw my client handcuffed to a dwarf. Well, Man. it just had to be something kinky. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? Here it is. I believe you need evidence. Times are changing. We are, in fact, becoming a more tolerant nation. We are, in fact, becoming a land where people do not prejudge on looks alone. You're three and a half feet tall. You're still worth the presumption of dignity. You have a sickness, a record of exposing yourself. We will not automatically conclude that everything you do is illegal. This. this well, that changes. <laughs> that changes. You get on that Megan's Law registry now? Y y yeah. You can't do anything. Yeah. This yeah. Is the United States even like the term America. flasher? Flasher is isn't a thing anymore. No. sexual predator, I believe, is how that's what, sexual yeah. predator. Yes, Prove yes, the crime. Don't you dare put a person's DV. My sister and brother moved, got a new house, and or excuse me, my sister and brother in law they bought a new house. And he's uh, very, uh, some would say overprotective, some would say prudent. He looked up his neighborhood in the sexual registry to see 
what was around. Right, right. Three people we graduated high school with. Oh, no. Sh- well, I, it's so... Me too? Like, I mean, like my... Hashtag I, me too, or are you also? Hash- all of the above. Okay. Uh, but like we... When I was... Uh, I looked up people from my... Like, I looked up my bullies. All of them. Every damn one of them. Like, one of them who was... Uh, who was kicked out of middle school for like rape and like, like was on the news like five years ago for soliciting a cop who was pretending to be underage. Yeah. The issue. And I don't, I am in no way trying to write this wrong or split the hair. I'm just saying the issue at hand, even from this perspective of, I want to know who did what, like in my neighborhood is that, the way they vaguely title a lot of these crimes, people who, uh, let's say, <coughs> inappropriately touch someone's butt on the subway, get lumped in with a person who maybe in high school was 18 and was dating a 16-year-old and their parents pressed charges, and someone who committed a rape. Like, those three people get labeled the same, and there are yeah. there are arguments to be made that they're not the same. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, I. I even outside of however you would want to adjudicate these things, I'm certainly in favor of like, like our food. Just label it what it is. Yeah. So we know we know what we're mm-hmm. buying. Yeah. That said, as innocent and as cute as they're making free Willy, I wouldn't want him anywhere near That's- the school that my kids went to. Yeah. Kids not innocent. Not and cute. Expect us to rush to the automatic conclusion that the crime. You little tie ain't, you ain't fool nobody. <laughs> they didn't. Another fan. Oh, they put on a great sideshow, but no proof. This isn't an arena of innuendo, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't a forum of foregone conclusions. This is a courtroom in the United States of America. And in this room, even when Wait, the pause defendants- it right there. What's with the doo-wop group in the corner? <laughs> of the disenfranchised. You still... My clothes would have been... Does he have a history of sexual crimes? Yes. Does he, was it overheard him offering and her accepting how much money would be paid for sex? Yes. Did they find the victim tied up in a bed, presuming that they had sex? Yes. All right, well. Who got to prove the elements well, of the crime? My, my argument would be like, hey, look, he went from publicly assaulting people they didn't. to paying a consenting woman for sex. That's an upgrade. Great. Uh, That's so much better. Go to town. If the dwarf don't fit, Mr. Fraser? No. Okay. <laughs> a known prostitute quotes a convicted flasher a price of $300. They are found minutes later naked in her bed. Yeah, okay. I guess he listened Without to my notes. Without comment on the no. dwarf, <laughs> I would just like to say, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Big swing. Swing then, for the fences. Maybe we can all build a bridge to the 21st century. Hilarious. Like, he's making fun of Eugene's... You're threatening th- me? This is America. I'm simply saying, given this Close. liaison between you and an associate at Finley Ho... Who the hell do you think you are? This is blatant extortion. We didn't talk about this, Judge Keith. I don't know if you just left it out on purpose or... Oh, no, because he's a bad actor. Oh, okay. Well, 
Let's just leave it there. If I wanted it to be blatant, I'd do it in open court. Would you prefer that? Got a That's wife? not true. I, I actually think he was probably Kids? badly directed. What you find me fifty bucks for saying His that? eyebrows do steal Is the this show. Is you practice law? If I have to, I think you better rethink how you operate, counsel. Look, I don't know whether this relationship makes you biased or not. I'll give you. The benefit of the doubt and say it doesn't but there is definitely some in the course of three episodes bobby's balls have grown trifold <laughs> right he was like having some jibber jabber with uh with the first judge and we've never seen him be as overtly confrontational as he is here calling out bias on this judge favorable treatment going pearson's well way. he knows he's got the upper hand i don't know i don't care i don't like it and i don't like you nobody but nobody comes in this room and strong arms me Fine. Let's just say that's a hard line. Uh, nobody but yeah. nobody. Nobody but nobody. Keith, I yeah, want, you, I to, mean, like, I want no you to do it. I'm line reading you right now. Nobody but nobody right. comes into this room and strong arms me. Go. Nobody but nobody comes into this room and strong arms me. That's pretty good. You came I got to this it. decision on your own. Emerson Ray got screwed. This guy's not a bad actor. He's just it, he's just doing too much. I think it's the you. direction. So. Get? It's one of your cutest things about you, Keith. Is you know you make one comment about somebody and then you're like, oh, I don't want to like put that on the record. And you can now you got to backpedal. No, well, I feel bad. I well, I mean, a, a it's it, it's it's a couple of things. One, it's just my sort of like neurotic need to be liked. Uh, B, I think I I think I'm wrong <laughs> in a lot of these cases. And uh, Cus yeah, cu let's it. cue it. Keith is cute and sensitive. No, I think the correct one is Keith really needs to be liked, <laughs> but failed. He's oh, insecure. Oh, stare down. Yeah. <laughs> we had a slow typewriter. Somebody is. Yeah. So. So, Dex, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you're sad? Because what I do is I sit in a room and sadly type random keys on a non-functioning typewriter. Yeah. I order large mozzarella sticks and eat them with my underwear pulled up over my belly. And, oh, that sounds nice. And just self-loathe for a while. Huh. Where's the man? Oh, we're both self-loathing. Nothing. I then swear to myself... That I'll never eat mozzarella sticks again. Oh, really? How's that go? I believe it in the moment. <laughs> I don't know if I can hold this place together anymore, Beck. No shit, You'll Bobby. work it out? I'm not sure we'll get by summary judgment on the tobacco case. And if Donna Braun's killer gets off on insanity, our wrongful death claim gets wobbled. Different standard of proof? Even so... I borrowed on a tobacco case with Jimmy's bank, cost, everything else. We'll probably lose money. And... Now, didn't in just the last episode he come and tell everybody that they have an eviction notice? So why does he try think he's coming clean at this point? I mean, I get, they have to know there's some problems at this juncture. Yeah, well, and he was like, wasn't it like, I quit? I Everyone pick Jimmy up your stuff and go home? <laughs> right. To come work here because he got fired for making that loan. Uh, this wasn't exactly our plan, was it? 
Oh, so she came in. We moved into this office. Exposition time. Yeah. You, me, Collins, and Maureen. <laughs> Where is the drama queen? Still got the typewriter anyway. <laughs> so they've been doing this for 10 years together. I wish people really talked like that, Keith. What if like we just were having a conversation between the two of us and I was like, man, was was it 10 years ago? Me, you, yeah. two microphones. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Scott Oliver, our first guest. Yeah. I, no, I think Stuart me. was our first guest. Oh, yeah. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart McMeans. How's Stu? How's that other know. person that nobody knows? Your big dreams. <laughs> How's that mutual friend? No one knows. You'll work it out, Bobby. What? That was one hell of a pep talk. All right, Keith, lay me lay yeah. lay your problems okay. on me. Okay. Well, uh, it's been twenty years. Uh, not quite twenty. It's been eighteen years since I moved to the city, and at this point. I really haven't succeeded in any uh, true way at anything. I, I've, uh, you know, I, I've called myself a professional writer for 15 years, and I've probably pulled in maybe $1,500 as a writer. <laughs> so it, it's not even like it, uh, as a weekly salary, that'd be a lot. As an annual, no, it's, it's $1,500 in. 15 years so i've i've made about a hundred dollars a year as a professional writer which is what i call myself and i take a lot of tax write-offs keith <laughs> keith look me in the eyes look me right in the eyes yeah all right i'm looking at you you'll work it out a hung jury that's, that's a good skip right. for me to get a jury that's hung if we edited we'd take that right out <laughs> look the DA says he's prepared to retry. If that happens after Sheila's trial, and if she's convicted, he'll have a better hand. He might even deal her sentence a little to get her to testify against you. So you'll cross-examine prior inconsistent statements. He must have a lot of money, Free Willy. Because why... I... He's paying a lot for... I mean, I mean, I'm sure Eugene isn't super expensive, but he's not... Can't be that cheap. Well, he's also paying $300 for hookers, and um, that wasn't his first hooker and dwarf. Let's plead guilty. A His first hooker up cell. It doesn't mean anything. It, you already got a record. The better joke was the hooker was short-staffed. I don't want to go to any sex clinic. Not making That's any short jokes. Hosting. Listen to me for a second. Once again, he's trying to kid glove this guy. Look at me. So far, you ain't made it in life. Me, seven years a lawyer, and I'm still representing guys who walk around dropping their pants. That tells me I got some moving up to do, too. I like to look for victories where I can find them. This case here, my little victory will be getting a sick guy to go for some help. If I could feel a part of getting a man to face a problem, an illness, that would be something. So I'm asking you, if you don't want to do anything for yourself, then do it for me. Do it for your lawyer. Do it for your lord. How long? You can't Too show much. your penis for 60 days. Impatient. 60 days. Please. Man, imagine what world the internet would have opened up for this guy. <laughs> you know what? It does, right? You can just show your penis all you want. That, you know, that's actually true. Okay. And get paid like, if with, you want. 
Totally. And Your on the internet, somebody will pay anybody to do anything. Doctor after doctor talk about Ronald Martin. How he was temporarily insane, how he wasn't responsible. He's this, he's that. He's here. I roll. Nobody talks about Donna Braun. She's no longer part of our reality, is she? All right, now we're getting the clothes. She doesn't get to sit here. Day after day, looking human. She's past tense. And every day she becomes a little more gone, a little more forgotten, until one day she doesn't exist at all. And all you take back into that jury room with you is him. Mm. Ronald Martin. That man right Who hasn't there, said literally face. anything this whole episode. Man with a no, priest I, sitting behind I him. I think he might who all the be an extra. Said such nice things about. Yeah, I wonder what the pay scale on that is but if you don't the say man anything. Who strangled Donna Braun it's for seven minutes. Definitely an under minutes. five. This was not a But it's the picture of him that's the uh, icon he for this episode on the uh, IMDb. Minutes. He kept squeezing and squeezing until her eyes bulged out of her sockets until there was no life left in her. That was graphic. And that's how he left her as he drove off to the church. Well, to beg seven minutes. That's a, that's a real long time to be temporary. Now, Mr. Good implores you to protect the American justice system. What is that system? Where rich people buy acquittals? Where if you have enough money, you're entitled to one free murder? Well, we need to know... I hate that I'm going to draw this parallel, but we did mention Tekken before. <laughs> That's one of those games I rage... I Temporary insanity, man. Crimes of passion. <laughs> have you broken remote controls before? Uh, no, I haven't. I've just broken the remote control of my heart. Yeah, I, yeah I'd be like, Mom, I need a new remote. What happened to it? I don't know. I, I It just broke. Because <laughs> it looks like someone destroyed it manually. Well, I, I don't know. I, it wasn't... It, it could have been anything. That's yeah. not our system. They need to know. They lost their daughter. Their only daughter. That time Mike compared video games to murder. <laughs> they need to hear <laughs> you say... A dead daughter who was strangled for seven justice. minutes. <laughs> We all need to hear that. Mr. Pearson, I'll hear from you. Thank you, Your Honor. I'm Anderson Pearson. Now we're back in the cigarette court. Representing the respondent, yeah. T.L. Michaels, and pursuant to Rule 56 of the Massachusetts Rules of Civil Procedure, uh, we submit. Where's his pro claim. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Uh, no, he, he was not eager. I'm a little confused. According to your clerk's notice, we were to hear, what is it, uh, any and all discovery or pretrial matters before oral arguments on summary judgment. There are no other matters. Well, actually, there is one other nagging little matter. Uh-oh. Oh, snap. <clears throat> oh, Bobby looks smug. Oh, judge got to come clean. I've decided to dispense with oral arguments, Mr. Pearson. I find there to be several obvious disputes of material fact in this case. Defendant's motion for summary judgment is hereby denied, ruling in favor of the plaintiff. Moreover, I recuse myself from this case. Another judge will be assigned. Okay, so here's here's just what what happened there. So they went to recuse to, to force him to recuse himself because of bias. Because he's connected to the case. Well, what just happened there was they got their recusal, but first he made a judgment. 
he made a summary judgment on that motion that they were on right there. So isn't that blackmail? They they got what they got him recused. That's not necessarily blackmail. But he, they actually got a judgment in favor of them in exchange for for this. So like this it's an obvious appeal, right? Well, anytime you recuse yourself, I imagine that any judgment you've made prior to that recusal, recusal then becomes spotlighted, no? Well, that is <clears throat> for sure. But in this case, like he made the judgment at the same time as the recusal. It's like it's like if uh, you know one of Trump's buddies is like, "I'm going to recuse myself, but first I'm going to shut down the Mueller investigation." Well, he didn't shut. He just said, "I'm going to. I'm not going to." Uh, dismiss the case i'm going to let it proceed basically isn't that what he just well right but if he's exactly but like if he's recused himself he's not in a position to either dismiss or move on move the case forward gotta go to a different judge so what happens now what happens now is we get our day in court with a jury we are in the fight we are in the fight keith we've made it three episodes in we're in the fight now we are in the fight quite pleased are we they only have scenes in the elevator these two she does a lot of mansplaining do you run outside the elevator i think so do you damn he liked it though ah now jimmy comes in as an employee everyone stares at him jimmy joins and jimmy's holding a bowling trophy in his box (laughs) that's such you know what that reminds me of? Rigging. It reminds me of uh, the very beginning of your musical, Keith, one of your musicals, where you're uh-huh. all you're holding your box because you get fired from work. How much thought did you That's think right. of what you're going to put into that box when you were doing the putting the show up? Uh actually, I I think I took things that I actually did have on my desk when I got fired in real life, then wrote a musical about it, and then played myself getting fired. But we did a lot of photo shoots, and so like when we did the photo shoots, I put posters for my other musicals in there for a little cross promotion <laughs> and oh you know what i you know what else i did i think i put in like the uh, piano vocal score to wicked <laughs> oh, a little good luck charm eugene young didn't work that we've officially met uh... by the way under your tie uh, we don't do full ties in this office yeah just Welcome. really Thanks. weird tie heard a lot about you we're very excited you need anything supply-wise, just let me know. I, I already got your phone line set up. Oh, great. Well, I don't need much. I think it's pretty awesome that they don't do the scene where they're all real skeptical of him and side-eye him. I think that's cool. No, definitely. I think, I think it's a good... Pad of paper and somebody to sue, you know? <laughs> we see a lot of them fighting, but you don't see this. a lot of them being, like, just I, I know really nice been people. I good news bringing in another body. I think that's good for the likability of this character. This is going to be a big year for me. I promise. I'm going to win a case. (laughs) Swing for the fences, buddy. Thanks. Are they going to get together? Are Eleanor and Jimmy going to get together? I don't know why. I just picked that randomly, but... I'm not giving you any spoilers. I'm not even going to spoil the last 30 seconds of this episode. Running out of time. Sport? Don't sit on the, the court table, Bobby. Have a little goddamn respect. I hope the jury listened. Not so Captain good. Hygiene. It's almost over. Yes. Part of me is glad for that. Another part. I wonder what we're going to do when it is over. 
Good line. I, th I think that's a really interesting color to add to this. Yeah, you know, it's always whenever you see, you know, the victims' families uh, cheering for justice or when, when somebody gets convicted or something, you always wonder, like, how long does that high last? Because at the end of the day, right. what is, okay, our, our loved one's still yeah. gone, you know? Well, it's done now because you've, you've, you've had, like, this thing that's unresolved thing going on that's been the driving force of your life. It's like, yeah, what's tomorrow? I think like? I, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't have direct experience, so it's tough. But you'd think no. that that closure is going to give you bring you something. It probably doesn't bring you know. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely run to my therapist. Lindsay, fan. Um, the tobacco case. I want you to try it. Oh, I thought she was. I thought she knew that I think already. You're more prepared on it than me, Bobby. I I've never even done a jury trial before. Are you sure? You've done all the discovery. I think you're ready. You think you can do it? Um, yes, is the answer. Tell me if you can't. You, you, you don't have to be a hero here. I can do it. Now, it's nice for him to throw her a bone, but this is a gigantic case. Could literally change your entire law practice. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's make or break for them, really. That's risky for him to do. Synth strings, synth strings. It's very minor mode. It's not. It's always minor. The practice. And we saturated music. We slowly as well. fade to black. Next. That's it. Episode three Ooh. is done. Wow. Okay. By far my favorite ep. Oh, interesting. Okay, great. Well, you know, I actually was going to, I have written down here. So before we talk about most valuable lawyer, best actor, and episode rating, I want to know from you, Dags, first three episodes, give me your impressions of the show so far. Do Are you... Are, are you excited to find out what happens? Or you're like, oh my god, did I commit to 168 episodes of this? I was feeling that way a little bit um, <laughs> early on after the after the pilot episode. Um, but I gotta say, I guess usually in my procedurals, I'm most interested in the cases at hand. Whereas mm -hmm. thus far, I've been getting, they've been doing a pretty good job of wrapping me into the sort of arc of the characters and this law practice and the sort of the meta story i guess um right and especially this latest episode has got me uh, I, i'm feeling like we're turning the corner and i'm interested to see how they kind of i'm seeing it as an underdog story a little bit more now so i'm i'm uh sure sure i'm interested to see how we're going to uh build the law firm up and also sort of answer some of the bigger questions like you know early on i made fun of in the in the in the pilot where the smoking lawyer mentions, you know, do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to work for a law office or for a law practitioner? He splits right. that hair somewhere. And uh, I think that journey of, of them finding legitimacy is, is kind of what I'm on board for currently. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, so I, we're, we're running long. So I, I think coming up, maybe at the end of the season, I'm going to want to know your impressions of each of the main characters. Okay. And sort of like, what do you? Who do you think think these people are? And that kind of stuff. But anyway, so we're down. You know what? It's time for. Right for it. Right for it. Here we go. Most 
It is time for most valuable lawyer. Oh <laughs> my god. Sorry, neighbors. Uh, play it again. <laughs> My- You know what? For that, you get to go first. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to my neighbor. I was like 1030 this morning. Ooh. I'm just like, out of nowhere. It's like, what the fuck? All right. Uh, most valuable lawyer in this case. That's a that's a really interesting situation because most of the lawyering that we're seeing done, other than Eugene and uh, Big Willie, which I'm, you know is not really necessarily lawyering. It's done by a guest star. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And and so you have... So it really comes down to, is it John C. McGinley or Jane Kaczmarek? And at this point, I actually liked uh, Kaczmarek's clothes there. I thought it was strong. So uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Pamela Boyd, who is the character. She is the most valuable lawyer of episode three. Well, there's an argument to be made, as you said, for trying, you know, trying to thread that needle, that less than 10% success rate. That's well, much less than 10%, actually, and that insanity defense. So, right, right. big swing. Uh, but I think you're right. N- not only for just her lawyering, but for finding a sort of a, a moral nugget of truth in the, mm. it, um, amongst, amongst all the cacophony uh, in, in bringing it back to, in winning the case in a close by bringing it back to the victim. I think I'm going to echo your choice for most valuable lawyer. Okay, look at that. We've uh, voted for the prosecutor for the first time, I believe. So, uh, all right, well, there it is. Uh, It's time. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best. Okay, well, I went first on uh, Most Valuable Lawyer. It's time for you. Best actor. Is that a coincidence that you mentioned a podiatrist and that's who uh, Eleanor's dating? I Probably not. (laughs) I I, I, I don't think I necessarily thought of it consciously, but probably subconsciously. The podiatrist who really loves MAME. Oh, man, that's funny. You coax the Blues right out of the horn. Um, <laughs> and like Maine, the state. Oof. I was waiting for crickets. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you lost me so much I couldn't find the sound cue. <laughs> uh, seven flat tires, spare tires. No, 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 no. no. Oh, no. Best actor, oh, not episode rating. God, that's how little I'm oh paying attention. Oh my god! Oh, I'll, I'll edit oh. it out, but I won't. <laughs> You're a mess. Who the best actor on the on the show? You know who I really enjoyed. I have to say, in this yeah. episode, is the subtle yet firm choices of the actor playing the deceased's father. Oh, interesting. Whose name so, I don't have. Oh, good, good. Jack Lawfer as Dr. Gerald Braun. He, I, I thought he showed a lot of restraint. I thought he showed a lot of passion and subtle choices in a very difficult and underwritten role. Okay. 
All right, that's that is a very I was not expecting that choice. So uh, for me, I I think Lisa Gay Hamilton as Rebecca mm-hmm. has a really good scene there. Um, you know, it, with Bobby uh, sticking up for herself, just like the she's very strong. She seems very. It, I thought that it was a very good scene for her and, and for a very the good show, scene for the I think for the show, yeah, for the show uh, uh, as well. However, I think I'm going to give this to the person with the biggest arc. And that's Jimmy Berluti, Michael Bataluco, Bataluco, Bataluco. I have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, you know he has to show a lot of he he shows a lot of humility. He shows a lot of loyalty. I mean, he he. You're right. I think he has the most uh, the fullest arc. Yeah, and and the guy who's like, despite being a bit of a dummy and having screwed up a ton and being sort of aimless, he's so likable. Yeah. That I think I think that is. Uh, it's another good color, and I think the show itself is sort of finding a whole bunch of really likable character actors, and I think that's that's going to be one of the strengths of the show. Okay, it you know what it's t- oh you know we we need another jingle. We need our how many tires rating of the episode. How many spare tires did this episode get? I think seven. I'm going to give it a firm seven. I think six point five was the highest I've doled out thus far and i think this is up the ante i like where we're headed so i'm trying to leave myself a little headroom um Uh i'm gonna uh say seven flat tires out of ten or seven spare tires out of ten spare tires yeah oh boy i I have to think about this i mean yeah i liked a lot of the pieces it it feels I, i i agree i think it's the strongest episode of the show so far um and i i think now you know, like doing the groundwork of now we've we're integrating Jimmy into the show, which I think is really strong. Um, you know, I like the, but in in a lot of ways, I have the luxury of knowing what's coming. But this episode feels like it's pri- it's primarily laying groundwork, yeah, for stuff coming up. Well, I I, um, I had read an interview, a past interview with Kelly, where he said that initially his goals were to make it much more about. The lawyering and much more about the actual law taking place. However, he they found in a lot of test uh, audiences that people wanted better cases. They wanted the case to be the focus. And so yep. my assumption is that moving forward to keep more audiences engaged, we're going to f- have cases that are a little more interesting. Right now, they seem a little paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I think I'm, uh, I agree with you on that. So I think. Um, I think seven is a really fair rating for this. I'm going to, just to be contrary, I'm going to get a, uh, give it a 6.75. Okay, fair. Better than a 6.5? Not quite a seven yet, but definitely improving. Okay, so you're sticking with 6.5. You've been, that's pretty much your average across the board thus far. Well, the, fr- the pilot was only a 5.5. Oh, that's right, you changed it. No, I didn't. You, nobody knows about that. <laughs> okay. It's a secret. Okay, folks. Wow. You, if you stuck with us this long, congratulations. Uh, I hope your walk went well. You got all the steps. Yeah. Uh, cause that's what I do when I'm walking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let me ask you if people want to reach out to us, want to, uh, make a comment on the, on this podcast. They want to throw us a dollar on PayPal. How do they do that? Much like Jimmy, we'd like to hire you pro bono for our podcast. Participate by emailing out of practice podcast at gmail.com. You can throw us a few dollars. You can throw us some suggestions, a question, 
a comment, or just uh, weird spam. Feel free. Yeah, and we have an Instagram. Is that true? Uh, at Out of Practice Podcast, and uh, we'll probably post something someday. And we uh, we also have a Facebook page. Just give it a search to the Out of Practice Podcast, and uh, you know we'll be putting stuff there. There you go. So there you have it. Feel free to join that. And uh, you know what it's time for? It is time for the playout. <laughs> I didn't know people announced that. I thought it just kind of started. Oh, is it? Is that what a professional podcast does? Is they, uh, I don't. I think there's maybe five quote unquote professional podcasts. That's really. Oh, yeah. Well, I think. Look, I like to uh, set expectations and then meet them. <laughs> and when they're that low, I'm going to put on my shoes, and then I do, and then it builds trust with the audience. I have to fly to Vietnam. It's 22 hours. Did I tell you that? Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're going to be out. Of, that's why we were, did so many in a row. Because you're going to be in Vietnam for a couple of weeks. Yep. Performing. Well. As a professional singer. Let's. Eh, I guess literally you are correct. <laughs> legally, I'm correct. <laughs> it's legally it's legally true, but it might not be justice. Well, episode four on its way. We'll see you then. Are you listening to all the way to the end of the outro? Just wondering if we're going to say anything else? I guess at well, this point, we did. you were like, I'm along for the ride. I might as well see it to the bitter end. Just want to hear those canned horns one more time. Laser sounds. I need more laser sounds. Here they come. Boom. <laughs>